All right, so here's a question. If you've got a great idea and you're trying to push an idea or an initiative forward, do you ever run up against people that are naysayers and just sort of yuck your yum? We probably have, and this episode is for you. Skepticism and naysayers. Here we go. Welcome to Funding the Performing Arts podcast. Open and frank discussion about supporting and growing the performing arts, such as instrumental, vocal, drama, dance, marching, and pageantry arts. All right, so we are definitely in the midst of the busy time of the year, I guess you could say, for us here at FansRays. So we are launching campaigns left and right, just going out of our minds, and it's a blast. It is so much fun. Um, Now, as we do that, um, we are also getting a lot of inquiries, uh, people brand new kicking our tires. Um, and what generally happens, and this is all around this topic of skepticism. And I, I'm a, a little bit of a cynic and a skeptic by nature myself. So I completely understand where this is coming from. I think it's coming from a good place. Uh, I think it's coming from a positive, productive place, but sometimes people just need a little bit more convincing. Um, And I think that this is the time of year where a lot of people are throwing stuff against the wall to see what can stick, uh, see what's feasible, uh, see what the, the best options are in terms of fundraisers and how to make money fast and how to make the most money fast and pay the least in, in terms of the amount of fees and I get it. Um, so when we talk about cynicism, uh, skepticism, naysayers, um, you know, whether it's you, it could be you stopping by to check us out. It could be somebody on your booster board. It could be your band director. It could be somebody within the decision-making chain in your organization that just goes, yeah, you know what? I, I'm just not feeling that. Or I just don't understand how that's going to work for us. Um So I I believe cynicism really breaks down into two separate categories. Um, The first category we're going to call, under a broad heading, crowdfunding doesn't work. Um, So I'll speak to that one first. So to those people that say that crowdfunding doesn't work, um, have you heard of something called GoFundMe? (laughs) Because that's the gorilla in the room. Um, It obviously does work. It's a multi-million dollar business. Uh, and a lot of uh, individual small campaigns have raised an awful lot of money since the inception of mainstream crowdfunding. Uh, it obviously does work. And I could tell you from Fansray's point of view, over the past two plus years that we've been doing this, we've touched over 16,000 students, performers, and educators um, which is great. So uh, I could tell you that our average campaign raises about $6,000, some much, much more than that, some less than that, but the average is about six. Uh, our average donation system-wide is about $52. Oh, I should have muted my email, but whatever. Um, so that uh, that really indicates that, um, you know, it, it does work. It really does work when you... Uh, target the the resources, put a little bit of effort and elbow grease into getting everybody on your same page. Um, And I do recognize that one of, I don't know if I'd call it a shortcoming, but it was a a conscious decision that we made uh, when we set our our 
project up is that we were going to have a direct model, meaning that we don't have uh, sales people, we don't have sales reps, we don't have campaign directors, we don't have local boots on the ground to come out and do magic tricks and a dog and pony show to sell you the idea of why you should use fans raise. So we're direct to the organizations. Um, we don't want to distill or dilute or uh, water down our service or our product uh, by having it go through a third party. And that was a conscious decision uh, that we made for better or worse. Now, if you need in-person convincing and you need the magic tricks in the dog and pony show, um, it, you're not going to get that with us. Um, we're not going to be reaching out to you via phone and bugging you with endless emails. If you're interested, we're here to help and we're here to support and we'll bust our ass to do that. But outside of that, if you need to be wooed and courted, you're probably in the wrong place. Um, I just simply don't have the the resources or the bandwidth to be able to uh, to do all of that. But, um, you know, some campaigns will make more than others, but they all make money and they'll all make more money than you have now, which is zero. <laughs> so starting a campaign, even if you have eyes on a target of, let's say, $10,000 and you make $3,000, would you call that a failure? I may not jump to that conclusion. I would call that a failure. Um, I would say that that was probably the easiest $3,000 you may have made um, in the course of your season. Um, but that's really your call and not ours. But um, I will tell you that pound for pound, if you compare and stack up a well-orchestrated and well-supported crowdfunding fans raise campaign against product sales, against a big event fundraiser, um, you're going to make more money with a lot less hassles and a lot less headache. And yeah, there's a fee involved, but uh, paying a, a reasonable and, and what I would say small fee um, for the access to our automation, to our platform, to our secret sauce, uh, it's going to be you know that percentage of a much larger pie should you have chosen to embark on this on your own using a free site or something next to free. So that's my two cents about the crowdfunding doesn't work thing. I, I just think it does. And I think that by what vantage point do you think it doesn't work? Cause it's happening. People in your community right now are clicking donate and they're donating to causes. They're supporting people they care about. They're supporting causes they care about and they're not supporting your cause. And the reason they're not supporting your cause is you have not launched it yet. So there's a, a, a lost time opportunity um, that is being missed by sitting on the fence and, and thinking of reasons why it won't work. I don't think that that's productive. I don't think people consciously set out to do that, but I think that there's just a lot more productive use of your time and your ensemble's time. Okay, so that's number one, the, the crowdfunding doesn't work thing. So we'll shift gears into the second, uh, second category, which is crowdfunding won't work here. And what I mean here, I mean within your organization, within your community, within your school, whatever. Um, it will work and it is working. Um, I could tell you that the thing we hear the most is something about, well, we've got, you know, 75% of our students receive subsidized lunches. Our communities are below the poverty line. We've got high unemployment. People 
Um, I, I just don't know if we can sell a campaign like this. And I can tell you that if you look at nationwide giving statistics, um, people do support charitable uh, endeavors. They support charitable campaigns. They give, they donate um, in communities that are economically depressed. You don't have to have a, a very high socioeconomically uh, broad-based um community by which to have crowdfunding success because we've run campaigns all over the country. Um, the one thing that will be a bit of a variable is the size of the average donation. So we will sometimes see campaigns that have these little teeny tiny average donations. We see a lot of five and $10 donations come in. And when I first started to notice that when we, when we really got up and running on our, on, you know, with some momentum at fans raise, my first inclination was, well, that must be kind of a like a, a poor community. It might be a community maybe you know, that that you know the big the big manufacturing plants have moved out, and and maybe there's just you know um, high unemployment, some stuff like that. And the more I really looked campaign by campaign and really drove down into the details, I would sometimes find the opposite. I would look at the zip code where the high school was located. And understanding that with a crowdfunding campaign, not all of your donors and all of your contacts that you're going to be putting the campaign in front of are going to be from that local zip code where your high school is located. Remember, your students are going to have family. Sometimes they're far-flung family uh, all over the country. And just because the zip code where your school resides, it does not mean that that is actually where your target audience is going to be located. It's going to be much broader than that. Um, but then I'm as likely to see verbiage in the campaign description that'll speak to things like all donations, no matter how small, are welcome. Or even a $5 donation can really help our ensemble. And guess what? If you say that, People are going to donate exactly $5 and they're going to feel good about it because you've given them permission to donate a very small amount. So the better tactic would be to either say nothing or to possibly even just make some suggested tier donations. And we have some content on our blog uh, about incentivization of larger donations. And I'm not saying load up and, and suggest that $100 is your minimum donation. That would be stupid. But what I do mean by that is to simply create a donation threshold where you could say all donations over $50 will receive the uh, 2019 or 2020 commemorative show t-shirt. So that way, it's, it's again, we've talked about this before, but it's using that, that public broadcasting system uh, pledge drive type of, of mindset where, okay, you're going to pledge X and for X you get this thingy. And if you're going to uh, pledge Y, you're going to get this other, this thingy and that other thingy. And it just begins to stack on top of each other. And it really provides a little bit more incentive and a little bit more comfort. Now, I, rather than saying, if, if you say all donations, no matter how small, are welcome, that kind of goes without saying. And I would probably suggest avoiding that. Now, of course, if you're bound and determined to put that in, be, be my guest, but you're going to get a lot of tiny micro donations and um, it's, it's probably better if you leave that out, but it's up to you. But your community will support your campaign 
But remember, your constituency is not necessarily your local geographic zip code that resides right around your school or your rehearsal space or your entity. Um, think of, of your constituency and your geographic reach as really being the entire United States because you know, literally that's really where your audience is going to be. It's going to be derived by your students. Your students are now... Uh, in the driver's seat in terms of creating their contact lists, thinking about who has touched them, um, you know, from a from a mentor point of view, um, and and that's the that's really where your energy should lie. So, you know, uh, the other question I would ask if you really believe or somebody if you're meeting resistance in terms of um, crowdfunding won't work here. Um, what would work there? Like, what kind of fundraising are you doing that's just knocking it out of the park? And my guess is that you probably don't have one thing that's really been a surefire killer in terms of uh, something that's just been awesome uh, in terms of, of, your, of your fundraising. You're probably looking at creative, new, different modes of, of fundraising um, because what you've done to this point hasn't actually given you the results that you really need or want. So if that's really what's been driving researching new and different and creative ways of fundraising, why would you just automatically uh, knee-jerk think that this wouldn't work? So it might take a little talking. It might take a little doing, a little convincing. Um, if your districts have some sort of a policy against crowdfunding, that's a whole different kettle of fish. And what I've typically found uh, when I've researched that, and in some cases, um, I don't have the, the time or the resources to really get deep involved with every single group that meets uh, up against some sort of barrier with their district. But I do know that we've had a lot of groups run successful campaigns, and they haven't done it directly through the school district, but they'll do it through the band boosters. Or they'll, they'll kind of end run their school district. And again, this uh, I don't know if I'd recommend doing it, but I know groups have done it and done really well um, with us. And we've just cut a, a check to the boosters and everyone's just moved on. So um, generally where there have been issues in the past with, with crowdfunding, it's maybe some of our competitors have played a little fast and loose with data, uh, with um, you know keeping data clean. Um, spamming, over-spamming of contacts, um, you know, selling data off to third parties, things that we just do not get involved with. So, um, you know, you might have to fight that battle separately. And you can always connect with us in terms of, and we actually have some more content on our blog about how to turn uh, some of those uh, those no's. What do I do if my district is is dead set against crowdfunding? Um, we have, we've actually published some uh, position content on maybe how to deal with that. Uh, and then lastly, what I'll close with is, you know, for trying it, for giving crowdfunding a shot and running a campaign, what's the worst that can happen? You're going to make some money. I mean, that's a guarantee. Uh, it's easy. It's stress-free. There's nothing to sell. There's no rejection involved. I mean, your kids don't have to go and ask somebody for business. You don't have to turn anyone into a sales rep or a sales agent. Um, there's no, there's no money to chase. There's no receivables. There's nothing like everything is done for you. You don't have to create any kind of pages. You don't have to write content. Your kids don't have to write emails. It's all produced automatically from the platform. And the dollars that you're going to be able to create are going to be 
higher, you're going to be able to create create more funding and an easier time of it than you could have done otherwise, trying to sell stuff or hold some sort of big event. Um, and I'm not necessarily opposed to those things, but I just think it's important to realize it does represent a little bit of a different tact. Um, and, and certainly, uh, you know, the best of all the options that are out there. Uh, so in closing, I hope that you, this has been somewhat helpful and that you can, um, you know, maybe play a little bit of the, of, of the level-headed uh, voice of reason in your booster meetings, in your faculty meetings, in, in a meeting, sit down with an administrator. Um, if you need more explicit details around what we're doing, how we're doing it at FansRays, uh, we're certainly available to provide that. So best of luck to you. Uh, and uh, please feel free to subscribe and follow uh, this podcast. Uh, we're going to be producing these about uh, once a week or so in this format. Uh, we wish you best. And uh, please let us know if we can help. Info at fansraise.com. Have a good day.